And what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of that Dynamite Review Show on the on the Technology News Talk. And uh, for for today, we're we're gonna have a stacked show. Uh, we just came off the heels from the uh, for, for for Revolution. And um, in case y'all didn't miss it, I did a um a pay per view review on it on the Respect the Combat uh, podcast. Uh, it's a it's a RTC exclusive. Uh, the we're weekly for. Well, mostly uh, uh, for for more monthly, as they say, for 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 pay per view. So, um, if you have, have not checked it out, go go check it out. It's available on Anchor, Spotify, and other uh, podcast uh, platforms. And uh, and we and we also discussed it more on our weekly episodes. Uh, uh well, this coming episode on the respective podcast podcast, uh, which is uh, going to be uh, uploaded on Fridays uh, at eight p.m. So don't forget to, to to check that out. So so yeah, um, so for today's episode, we're gonna go. We're gonna go over uh, the revolution results, and then we're gonna go uh, get straight into the dynamite review. But before we get into that, uh, let, let's uh, as you already know, let's welcome our uh, lovely and our distinguished co-host, Mister Leland Bedford. What's up, bro? What is good, everybody? We are coming off uh, a monster of a show. And then this show last night, starting up some new rivalries, starting up some new storylines. Uh, I always love the the dynamite after their big pay per views because we get to see who's going to be in a new fight. Who who are we going to follow for the next couple of months and see how their story progresses? Um, and that's exactly what happened last night. How's it going, Trico? Everything's going good, good, good. And now we are on the road for double or nothing which is going to be on Sunday, May 28th on Memorial Day weekend. And let me tell you something. It's going to be packed. You you know why? Because WWE already announced a, uh, already announced a pay-per-view uh, on, on that Saturday, which is the king and queen of the ring. So Memorial Day is going to be packed. Just like uh, WrestleMania weekend, Just uh, all I got to say, just be prepared. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, it's about to be some packed stuff happening. I'm going to be in Detroit in May, so I'm going to try to catch the Dynamite show that's happening there on May 10th, which is only uh, three days before my birthday. So I'm going to be, you know, trying to go to that show and have a good birthday weekend there. That's what's up. That's what's up. That the taste of pits, man, so, so, so we can check them out. But, um, yeah, let's get into so the, what, um, yeah. What, you yeah, what did you think about Revolution? Oh man, I I say um, we only in 2023 right now, and I still say it's one of the best shows of the year. But we'll just have to wait and see what D- Double or Nothing does, what Forbidden Door does, All Out and uh, and Full Gear. We just uh, we starting off right uh, in 2023. But uh, my opinion oh, yeah. can change. But for right now, it's still one of the best shows of the year for for AEW right now. Right now. Yeah, definitely a great, great show. It was a spectacle. Um, I mean, I mean, so many highlights of the night. Um, and I know we're gonna get to we're gonna talk briefly about some of these, but yeah, just some of my favorite moments definitely the Iron Man match that was uh fire. Um the trios championship, what a match there. Uh but yeah, let's get into it. Let's go over the results. Okay, in the um in the zero hour. We had uh, Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Bros uh, defeating uh, Ari Davari and, and the Varsity Athletes and Josh Woods and Tony Nese. And uh, so that was the zero hour. And um, and to open Revolution, we had Ricky Stars de- defeating Chris Jericho. Then we wow. had Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeating Christian Cage in a fire burial match, which is kind of like a um, a barrier light match. But um, but I said in my review, the, the way they had it set up, it was kind of similar to the old SmackDown versus Raw or SmackDown versus Raw games, and you played the uh, the Barrier Light match. Like they they had the Barrier yeah. Light, but on top of it, like uh, you had the casket uh, on there. I really liked on that match when Jungle Boy closed the casket. He uh, the how the casket just dropped down into the ground. That was pretty cool. And then uh, we had the House of Black defeating the the Elite. Winning the AEW uh, World Trios Championship, uh, Jamie Hader uh, retained her women's world title against uh, Soraya and Ruby Soho. But at the end of it, Ruby Soho joins the Outsiders, and uh, we'll have to see where that's go- gonna leave off. 
and well, well, which we're going to get to in the Dynamite review. Uh, Heyman Adepay defeated John Moxley in the Texas Death Match. Warlow defeated Samoa Joe to win the TNT Championship. The Guns retained their uh, AEW Tag Team titles against the Acclaim, uh, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen in a fatal four-way. And then in the main event, MJF defeated uh, Brian Danielson four to three in this in sudden death overtime in their 60 minute Iron Man match uh, for, to retain the AEW World Championship. All right, so here's my opinion of Revolution. Uh, it was great. I had a great time watching uh, this the the this, this pay per view. It, it gives it gave me all the things I like about AEW. Um, so I'll do a quick kind of like breakdown. I think uh, Ricky Starks going over on Jericho was the best call, um, and it was Ricky Starks doing it on his own, even though there was some interference. Um, but it was Ricky Starks um, going over, which got a big pop, and they did have a really good match. My other highlight of the night was Soraya. Uh, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho, excuse me, Ruby Soho joining up to become a, fa- a faction. I like that they're going with the DX green and black. I like seeing those colors. Um, and I think that's also cool. They're doing the NWO spray paint thing with the L's for loser. Um, so I think they're building up to do a nice um, originals versus outsiders um rivalry that i can see going forth going on for a minute and not getting stale i think they are doing something good for the women's uh division um other highlight of the night was definitely the trios match with uh house of black getting the belts this match was incredible i really want to see a one-on-one with kenny omega and uh buddy matthews and kenny omega and malachi black um i would love to have both of those matches um soon please um and also with the trios thing i i was kind of wishing that kenny omega goes single and then what happened on dynamite which we'll get to i was like oh no stay as a trio i really like it um but uh it also helps him you know save some years on his career by not having to do get the full blunt of a match, uh, even though he's working just as hard, but you know, he does have those moments where he can rest and that's going to help him later on in his career. Um, and then also the Texas death match fire. It was the moment where Hangman was in the triangle and Moxley was stabbing him with the fork and you can see the blood gush out of Hangman's head. I mean, that's what you want as a wrestling fan, right? Am I wrong? That's what you want as a wrestler fan. You hate to see it, but you love when it's done. Uh, that match was a banger. They really went all out. I thought Moxley was going to take a break after this match, and I was wrong because he was right there again on Dynamite. Uh, but that that match was a very special one. I think that's a match people go back and watch and like, geez, they was going at it. Um, the tag team match was, it was fun. It was good for what it was. Uh, Trico, do you remember when I, when I said I didn't want to see Jeff Jarrett mix it in, mix it in with all the other talent? That it should just be him versus Sting. Oh, we gonna talk about Jeff Jarrett later on. We gonna talk about that. Yeah, but I want to talk about Jeff Jarrett at Revolution. Do you remember when I was saying that though? I didn't want to see Jarrett with other talent. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, okay. I have changed my mind. I am uh, over. Jeff Jarrett has won me over with his old school carny way wrestling and doing all the tricks in the books. Uh, but he has won me over. I'm happy to see him mixing it around with all these young guys because he is a true veteran, a veteran in that group, right along with Jay Lethal. Um, but I think these young guys are going to learn a lot from working with guys like Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. But the tag team match was good. Ass boys still on top. Did you did you see that that little memo that went around on Twitter that the ass boys put out before Revolution? Yeah, I did see that. That was hilarious. That was really funny. Um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, the As Boys had taped up little memos in the crowd sections and the crowd in the audience areas before the show. And it said that uh, please keep down the ass chants, ass boy chants. Um, 
because AEW is having an issue hearing them. Um, so please keep it down. And they know that they came there to see them. Um, definitely go read it. I'm not doing it any justice, but go read it when you get a chance. It was a pretty good, pretty good rib on the crowd. Um, but yeah, and then the ladder match, MJF versus Danielson. Wow, what a ladder match. I mean, not ladder match, Iron Man match. What am I talking about? What an Iron Man match this was. Um, 60 minutes, two of the best. MJF stayed right along in there. He did take a couple of water breaks. Um, I didn't see the oxygen can or oxygen tank coming into play. I wish they kind of introduced that a little earlier so we could have known where it was coming from. But the match itself was really, really good. So Revolution was definitely a big win uh, for AEW. Um, a lot of great matches, a lot of good memories, a lot of good moments that I think we're going to be talking about for. But that brings us to last night's episode of Dynamite. Now that revolution is open, how much has changed in, in the AEW environment? We have new champs. I didn't mention Warlow versus Samoa Joe, but Warlow was the new champ for a moment. Trico, what about Revol uh, Dynamite? Let's, let's start yeah, it yeah. out. Yeah, uh before before we get to dynamite, I want to give you uh the one question. Uh during the Iron Man match, did you see where MJF poured water on the kid? Ah, we we did see that. That was a big moment. Did you did you hear about what happened afterwards? Yeah. And uh and when you first saw that, do you think it was staged or you think that was real? Do you think that was staged? I so I was watching that match with my wife. And she was uh, very shocked by MJF throwing the water on the kid. Um, and she was so much shocked. I was like, oh, I think it's staged. But I don't know. I think MJF is just that type of heel. Um, and if, I mean, the kid got a chance to meet Powerhouse Hobbs. He got a chance to go backstage. She got, you know, autographs. So, I mean... They did what they could to make up to the kid, but I don't know if it was staged or not. Nah, they said that's the was, best thing they, about wrestling. Nah, they said they wouldn't stage. And people in social media were uh were, was going off on that. Yeah, I yeah, even the mother was upset. So uh, if that was if that was y'all kid, what would y'all want to do? If that was y'all kid, I, I know I'm surprised he did it. I'm surprised he didn't get slapped. To be honest. <laughs> But like, if you like, if you're a type, of, if you're that type of wrestling fan, and you see uh, how these characters do, like, you would, you would expect something, that something like that would come in. You would expect something. I don't think anyone can expect for someone to dump water on their kid while they're at a show. I think that's the last thing on somebody's mind. Like, is it? It's not like he was like a like. Two or three years old, because if it was, that would have been a problem. Yeah, but, yeah, he was like a full grown kid. Because I imagine, like <laughs> that day he's going to school, I'm mean, like, hey, kid. I had water pour, I had uh, water pour on me by MJF. Look at my life. Look at my life. All right. Look at my. I to show him all the pictures. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, MJF pouring water that kid or pouring beer or whatever it was, uh, got that kid backstage at AEW. You know. Uh, those tickets that they got wasn't cheap. You know, I'll be looking at those seats. They weren't cheap, so they got an extra VIP experience. Thanks oh, yeah. to MJF. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got a free ticket uh, uh, to that Dynamite, which was, uh, well, well, yeah. which was really good. Thanks to MJF in the long run, you know. Yeah, but um, I know uh, 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 when I saw the tweets on social media, I like, uh, I understand some of the opinion, but you gotta calm down. These are um these writers are they're, they're they're actors too. So they gotta perform if you're a heel, you gotta do um uh, scumbag stuff. Like you gotta do that. That, that. That's part of that's part of their acting, whether they're a, a heel or um uh, or a baby face. So that that that's how that's how it is. Like, even though I wouldn't be a step too, but like as long as you don't touch your, um one of the performers, you're good. Because that's one thing um, you got to understand. Because we see in these times 
where a person, where one of the artists will go and attack a wrestler, and then you'll get thrown out, and you get arrested. So don't be that person. So if you don't touch them, you're good. Let the um let the boxer higher ups deal with that wrestler. Okay, and like that stuff happens. But um the kid um he got to meet he meet he got to meet his favorite wrestler, which was Powerhouse Oz, and he got to, also got a free ticket on that dynamite. And um speaking of dynamite. Uh, now, and we'll talk about um, uh, uh, Paul Oshoff in a minute too, because he he was in the main event, and um, which he won the uh, the face of the revolution ladder match to earn a TNT Jet Championship later on in the match tonight. Well, we'll get that to the second. But in the opener, we had Orange Cassidy defending the soon to be renamed, and we'll get to that in a, in a moment on uh, in the show, the uh, AEW Atlantic Championship. Against Jay Lethal. So this is the fourth week in a row that Orange Cassidy had opened up uh, Dynamite this week. And um, and before the match even started, uh, when Lee, uh, Jay Lethal's crew came out, all the referees came out, I say, uh-uh, get back in the back. We know what you're doing. Get back in the back. And all that other stuff. But um, this ain't the first time that Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal has, has met. They met a couple of times uh, on a Dynamite or a Rampage. So ain't nothing new here. But um, they still put on uh, good good matches as it is, but um, in the final moments of the match, um, we saw a thrust kick uh, to the knee of Cassidy that led to Lethal tr- trying to do the Lethal interjection, but um, his injured um shoulder uh, from early on in the match had collapsed on him, and then Cassidy quickly uh, capitalized and hit the orange punch, aka the Superman punch, to retain the uh, the title. And then after the match, Jay Lethal tried to attack, tried to attack Cassidy with the Golden Globe, but he was held off by the referee. And then Jeff Jarrett snuck up behind and hit the stroke on Cassidy, and then hit the guitar on Orange Cassidy's knee. Uh, best friends made the save as Jarrett bailed out, and it appears uh, uh, that Jeff Jarrett will be the next potential challenger. For for Orange Cassidy and for the All Atlantic yeah. Championship. Ah, uh, that well, I guess we didn't get to that part of the show yet. But that championship has apparently leveled up. It's a level two championship now. Oh yeah, <laughs> and we'll get we'll get back to that championship in uh, uh, in a second. But um, yo, Jay Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy are really fun to watch together. Oh yeah, for sure, and uh. And they'll go. Uh, uh, we're gonna have a discussion later on between uh, between the Atlantic Championship, well, well, the so- soon renamed title of it, and the TNT title. We'll get to that discussion in a second. And um, speaking of the TNT Championship, uh, Renee Parquet was backstage with Powerhouse Hobbs, who said it was unfortunate to what happened to well, Warlow. In case y'all didn't know, um, before the show had happened. His car was broken in, his balloon was stolen, and his TNT title was stolen and uh, everything. I'm like, what scumbag That's crazy. Would, do, would do that? Like, Warlow can't catch when, a break. He can't catch a break. Do you, remember, do you remember when Jericho lost the AEW title when he first won it? <laughs> but I think that was staged. That was staged, though. That was staged. You think so? I think it was. I don't know. He said it was left in the back of a limo. Uh, so I don't know if it, I don't know how staged it was, but uh, um, yeah, I remember when that first happened. Uh, this is kind of remind me of the same thing. Like, man, take the belt in the house with you. Yeah, I don't know, but um, but uh, uh Power Up said it was unfortunate what happened to Warlow, having his car broken in, his belongings stolen, and his TNT title. But he said tonight he's becoming. The TNT champion, and then um, moving on from that, we got Ricky Starts making his reign to to the rain with a strong uh, ovation. So before you can say what's next for him, the Bullet Club music hit to a huge pop. Everybody thought it was going to be Jay Wright, but nope, it was Juice Robinson, and he attacked Starts from behind and and drops uh, Starts with the left hand of God and DT. To, to stand tall. So, looks like Ricky Starr's got a new rivalry in Juice Robinson. So, did you think that Jay White was coming? 
Or you just or you did you expect someone else from the bullet cop? Or did you, you know, when I saw the bullet club pop up, I was like, whoa, like you know, what's going on? I'm actually pleasantly surprised that it's Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson is a wrestler that's been like, you know, I remember him back in old NXT, you know, so he's been somebody that I've been watching. And I think when he got to New Japan, like he really kind of found himself. And I really like his gimmick. I really like his character, like his badass kind of dude. Um, I think he plays opposite really well um, to someone like Ricky Starr. So this is actually a really interesting pairing. And I'm I'm excited to see these guys go. They're kind of in the same physique, you know, kind of balanced. I like those kind of matches where one guy is just uh, more aggressive and it makes the baby face come out to be more aggressive. So I'm excited to see these guys kind of go do a couple of matches. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then um, Tony Schiavone was backstage with Warlow asking where his head at after what happened to his car and his belongings. Warlow said thanks to some friends, which is FTR, for some for some street clothes, and then challenges Hobbs to a Falls Count Anywhere Anything Goes match for their TNT Championship main event. So we up to Anthe on the main event. So we up to Anthe. So we up. Yeah. Yeah. That, hey, that's good pivoting, you know? Oh, you don't have, have his stuff? Okay, we'll do this. So that's a really good pivot. Oh, yeah. And then... Back to back to the ring. Uh, Renee Parquet introduced Ruby Soul to the ring as she walked out with Tony Storm and Soraya, and she told them to stay in the back. Soho was booed loudly and told Parquet that the fans cheer this monster. When she wrestled Britt Breaker in her first uh, title match, the fans were thrilled she lost. When she wrestled Chris Stanler in the Owen Hart tournament, she was booed out of the building. Cut to Revolution. Jamie Hader pinned her, and she realizes no one will ever come to her defense. Tony Storm and Sharia wasn't appreciated when they came to AEW by the, the net barriers, mouth-breathing fans, and the broken foundation of AEW is the entitled Little Shits Rookies who think they deserve the world. Then Soho demand her opponent, another homegrown talent, to come to the ring, and then Sky Blue ran in, and then the, the next match was on. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Ruby Soul's, uh, 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 I would say, explanation to join the uh, the outsiders? I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. She, um, you know, she played. She pleaded her case. I'm not gonna lie. Like I remember, I was saying, like, uh, you know, uh, even when I wanted her to win, I didn't care if she did. So now that she a heel, I think it established her. A little yeah. differently now. The only thing that Ruby Soho song is so such a baby face, like happy kind of song. I don't know. They may want to do a darker version for her heel, but um, yeah. That the I liked her explanation, and I like you know I like heel Ruby. I think she's a better heel than a baby face. But uh, how long is she gonna stay a heel? That's the question. How long in this story? We will see. We will find out. Uh, but I think the the, the the cool thing is that you got these, you know, posts like pre-WWE chicks, right, versus the AEW originals. So you get this kind of WWE versus AEW kind of vibe from them because all those guys were associated with a different company. Um, and I think it definitely kind of helps out a little bit. I think it kind of helps that all these guys are – I didn't see Ruby Soho joining – you know, Brick Baker, you know, the people that it looked like she supposed to be with is the Soraya and Tony. So I like this grouping. I, I can't wait till it's a real name for them. I want to hear a real name for the group and like something like that. Um, but I really liked, you know, their, uh, the, the, this parent, this, this, <laughs> this pairing of the, of the three. Well, they're basically becoming they're slowly becoming the I would say the female version of the NWO when they be spraying paint people and other stuff. But um, but yeah, uh, for now we just call them the outsiders. So uh, for now, but um, Soho wins uh, defeating Sky Blue with the Destiny Unknown to get the win, and then after the match, uh, Soraya and Tony Storm hit the ring. They all started to spray paint. 
blue before William Nightingale ran out to the ring. She tried to talk to him since in, into Soho, but it was tapped by behind by Stormus and Soraya. No future uh, connection by Soho as they all spray paint both uh, Blue and Nightingale. So you could tell the friendship with uh, Will and Nightingale and Ruby Soho over, which we, we almost kind of enjoyed but because uh, we basically called them the, the Dudley girls. But um, but in case of, of, of this storyline right now that we're that we're having right now, it wouldn't make sense for um to continue this tag team partnership if you're gonna go with the AEW um homegrown talent versus the AEW outsiders right now. So we kind of they kind of put that uh that partnership on pause right now until this rivalry is over. Now you ask, um, what other homegrown talent will join um uh, Breaker and Jamie Hader? Me, uh, we put out a lot of um politicians. Um, we even said um or Carl Sheeta because she's been she's been part of this storyline for like for for weeks now. And then um, who else we mentioned? We mentioned Jay could be part of this. Um, maybe another um ex WWE star might come in uh to, to join the outsiders. We mentioned um Mercedes Bonet. Then she might uh, debut at Forbidden Door. So there's a lot of possibilities. And uh, we even said uh, um, that this will will culminate in the first ever women's blood and guts match. But we'll just have to see uh, who's going to be helping out the homegrown talent and who's going to be joining um, the Outsiders. So That will be interesting to see, especially with, like, Mercedes, like you said, like, how, how does that come along? does she get is she just working New Japan or would she be a part of this AEW kind of circle so it's interesting to find out but I hope I hope this goes to the first woman blood and guts match that'd be that'd be a, a, a heck of a a heck of a little show to see what they do in there all right so um Bat stays with Renee Parkett She's with uh, Heyman Page. He asked how he was doing. Page said, physically, he's been better. But suddenly, he left his heart blackened because he had to, to do what had to be done. If you want to push him, he'll take you to hell and ride back out. Page asked if this means that he and Moxley were finally done. Page apologizes to forget for what she had witnesses and not to blame him. He, but he said after this past Sunday, he finished with Moxley. Well, after what happened later on in the show, I think they're far from finish. I think he's far. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that one. So uh we had a video package of MJL backstage. After his win uh, at Revolution was shown, he tells the people who thought Brian Danielson was on his level should get their brains shat. MJF has a horn coming on, on his forehead, and, and the back is no longer against the wall. Daddy is the is single in San Francisco. March 15th is his birthday, so he's going to stroll into Winnipeg and have a party. His ring of terror has just begun. So we got announced that he's gonna have a, a so-called Bart's mitzvah celebration. So, but uh, we all know that celebration ain't gonna go uh, go as planned. I do feel that someone's gonna come out and spoil the party for next week in uh in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Yeah, that's gonna be you know, Canada is such a great, you know, wrestling country and such like these little hot spots of wrestling history. Um, so I want to see if, you know, they do anything with the Harps, you know, while they're in Canada. Um, this is their first, like, international show, which is going to be really exciting. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do in Canada since Canada is a, a huge wrestler town. Well, they have been in Toronto already, but uh, but now they're going to... Uh, oh, yeah, they did Toronto. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they're just going back to to, uh, to a different city and uh, in Canada. To a different city. Gotcha. Okay. I thought I had missed one. Yeah. And then um back in the ring, Tony Schiavone introduced FTR, which they returned um at, at Revolution. 
uh, confronting the, uh, uh, the the gun club. So they got a huge ovation from the crowd. Wheeler said, it's great to be back, but for the last few months, it's been really rough. Talk about losing their, 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 their titles that they had and ultimately losing a close friend to the late uh, Jay Briscoe. Wheeler brought up the guns, called them the future of this division, but they are entitled assholes. He's going to teach them everything that Daddy Ash should have taught them, even though they don't have a famous dad that brought them to, um, uh, to the company, they been, but they worked their ass off to be the one of the greatest tag team that they are. And then um, Harwood said he loves the fans, the injury so much. He loves his family. And then they said that they have to become the AEW tag team champions. They have to do it for the fans, for the Briscoes, and for themselves. So um, when I did the um, the pay-per-view review on Revolution, so I pitched um, a couple of places that they can do FTR versus the Guns. They could do it on St. Patrick's Day Slam or and start building the rivalry up to double or nothing. Um, I think maybe if they do, if they do, if they do, if they do FTR versus as boys double or nothing, it'll be, it'll be good because it'll be good because it's that long buildup we have now, right? So, you know, everyone's going to want to see FTR win. They could do it again, but then things, you know, a distraction happens or whatever the hell. FTR beats, if, 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 if As Boys beat FTR again on the road to their, um, you know, championship match, then that makes it even harder for FTR, you know? So that's even more embarrassing. But how great was the pop? How great was the, the, the fans? It, it looks good to see FTR back. It looked like they kind of explained why they were gone. Um, either though, like you see reports saying that FTR was ready to get back in and ready to kind of was upset they weren't being used um, and things like that. But it, it makes sense why they were gone. You know, Jay, Jay Briscoe did go and that was a close guy to him. And then everything they've been doing, they've been working so hard. You know, you kind of need those rests, that rest to come back better. Um, but it's good to see them back. I'm, I'm happy. They, they, it's always good to see them see them back on screen. Um, you know, I think FTR is one of the best tag teams in the world, and it's always good to see them wrestle. Even in single matches, it's good to see them wrestle. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. And we can't wait for, for them to, to get back in the ring. And um, speaking of cha uh, champions, Renee Parker was with Jay Cargill, the current TBS champion, undefeated TBS champion, correction. And with Leia Gray backstage, as Cargo said, she doesn't feel to be challenged. She's 53 and 0. So next week in Canada, she challenges the best that Canada has to offer to step up next week. And um, social media quickly said it could be Ty Vackery. I don't know. We don't know who could be it. We don't know. We don't know. It could be who, you know, we, we don't know. But the question is, could this be uh, could, could this be a part of the um, homegrown versus the outsider storyline? We don't know. We just have to wait and see until uh, next week. And then um, we go to a trios match with the uh, the JSS and J Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, Sammy Guevara mm -hmm. versus Top Flight and AR Fox. A.R. Fox, real quick, before we get into the match. A.R. Fox, he's one of those guys, he's so good in the ring, but you can tell, like, he's just really good at wrestling, and he's not really good at, like, being that sports entertainer, that that charismatic, you know, type of guy. He just likes to work. He is a workhorse. He just likes to be in the ring, you know what I mean? But and I'm, I'm afraid that with this new group, this new trios group, uh, with Darius, um, A.R. Fox, and you my man's name. I want to say Devontae, but that's for some reason. Yeah, Darius um, and Devontae. 
Darius, Darius, Dante. I would say Devante, Dante. Um, but with Dante, um, I'm afraid that they, I think they may need like that manager mouthpiece type type character, either a woman or, you know, a charismatic, charismatic guy. But I really do feel like Top Flight needs a manager that they can learn from. You know what I mean? They they look great in the ring and look like they're having a good time and they're great baby faces, but I don't feel like I want to hear from them. You know, uh, Dante doesn't, he try, you know, he does decent on the mic. Darius, I thought would be the one to kind of really take that, but I think they need like a manager to really kind of finish that overall picture. Hmm. That's a, that's not like a good idea, but, um, yeah, the only cop, the, the only one compliments they had as a trio when they won the, uh, I think the Christmas thousand uh, dollar bonus. I think that was the one uh, accomplishment on their belt. But uh, they're very good uh, contenders to the uh, to the trios title because they had banger matches the, the, with the elite. So don't sleep on them. So is that the way you see um, where they're gonna go from here? But um, but in the end, um, Dante countered the walls of Jericho, but was uh, clucked but from the high. By Hager with the uh, with the Floyd baseball bat, and then Jericho hit the Judas event uh, uh, to steal the win. And then um, after the match, um, Angelo Parker called this the biggest uh, trios win in AEW history, and to the light uh, the, the beam. Matt Menard said this is the one year anniversary of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Garcia called themselves the number one contenders for the trios titles, while Garcia called them all sexy. Hager said he still loved the sets he had. And then Jericho calls out the House of Black. The lights went out, but instead of House of Black, it was the elite. So Kenny Omega said, for the better part of three years, they had stayed out of each other's lanes. Don Callis interrupts Omega and says the elite established the trio's titles and they are the rightful number one contenders. Callis put over Jericho as one of the best but only the second best Western for Winnipeg. I was like, oh, because <laughs> people already know. I was know wondering that. why. Because people know I Kenny Omega is from Winnipeg too. Yeah, I was wondering why Don Collins ran out the way he did just to kind of drop that line. Yeah, and then um, Callis said, if he had to go a couple months to train, He'll be the third best. I like. Oh, now they get personal here. Now they get personal here. And then um, Jericho called them to the ring, but the lights went out again. And then the House of Black was on the big screen saying, "If you want these titles, the lights go out again." And when they came on, they were standing in between the both teams, and he said, "Come and get them." And then the lights went out again, and then the House of Black uh, disappeared. So House of Black being involved with this trio trios match. Um, now we're going to get a three-way trios match in Canada. So it is to wonder who may show up, who may pop up, what hijinks may, what may occur. But how great do House of Black look as champs? They look like they should have been champs this whole time. The gold on them with their black outfits look really good together. So the aesthetic of House of Blacks being champs just look really good. Yeah, I almost and, and they look was... badass. They look like they just look badass. You can't put those guys on TV and don't think those are some badass dudes. Yeah, I almost thought we was going to get a um a number one contender match between the Elite and the J and the JSS after what happened between uh, Jericho and uh, and Kenny Omega. I always don't get a one, one number one contenders match, but um, but the triple threat match is definitely going to be a, a banger as well. But the triple threat match, yeah, yeah, I think I think um I think I think House of Black is going to reign for a minute. I don't think they're going to get those belts up so so quickly. Yeah, and I think uh this is the um this is the first time that we had a. Uh, triple threat um, multi-man match. I think the last time we had this kind of match in a certain environment was back at Survivor Series 2000, uh, 2019, and that's when you had Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. That's the guy. That's the kind of wow. vibe I'm getting there. Yeah. 
I can see that. Yeah. And then um yeah, moving on to uh remember we 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 were talking about the uh the future of the All Atlantic Championship. Well, it's got a new name, but uh Tony uh, Tony Khan said and announced that Orange Cassidy has asked for all Atlantic uh championship match against Jeff Jarrett next week. Khan granted him the match, but it's gonna be a milestone match for AEW being in a partnership with uh with Wonder Brother Discovery and the new Shazam movie Fury of the Gods, which is gonna be uh, released on, on March 17th. The All-Atlantic Championship will now be renamed as the AEW International Championship, saying that the title has been leveled up. And then we got a, a, a new trailer for the new Suzanne movie with clips of Jared and Cassidy uh, uh, in it. So um, what are your thoughts on the All-Atlantic Championship being renamed as the International Championship? And um, are you uh, hyped for Suzanne uh, Fury of the Gods? Oh, that was <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take the championship first um yeah better name it kind of reminds me of intercontinental in international um i mean when it first that when that first came out everyone was you know clowning that it was the atlantic and, and had the idea like well that's not in the ocean and this part is pacific um but that's all fixed now it leveled up to the international championship uh which just makes more sense you know so i guess someone just couldn't deal with it no more like we got to stop calling it the Auto atlantic we just got to i just can't take this anymore um so now it's the international championship um but i think it makes sense it's not a big not a big difference they don't have to change the belt just change the name and we're good to go i think i think the international championship has been doing a good job of starting the show it seemed like they've been opening with Orange Cassidy a lot with the international championship. Um, already, it sounds better, just international. But uh, but I think that's a good belt to kind of be a good, you know, beginning show kind of title to kind of defend. So no problem with the name change. All right. And then um, we got a video package. Shazam. Oh, <laughs> uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I'm not too excited about Shazam. Um, I might wait till it come out on streaming to watch. I don't think I'm gonna go to the movies to go catch it. Okay, fair enough. Um, we got a video package of Brian Danielson. Uh, at this post uh, Iron Man match is shown backstage saying MJF was right, and Danielson thought in his first incident when he woke up being unconscious was he needed to fight. Danielson thought realized that he couldn't feel his arm and it was done on him uh, what Matt uh, has said. He won't be able to, uh, to play with his kids. He tapped and made him uh, more ashamed than anything else. He said that it's time to go home. So after he said that, there could be two things. He's either going to retire for good or go back to the E. Go back to the E. Or maybe just just well, take some time off. Yeah, I think I it might just be a little bit of a break. I think Danielson already came out and said AEW would be the last promotion he wrestled for. Um, so I don't think he's going to leave and go back anywhere. Um, but uh, you know, I think that was a good part of the story. Um, you know, because he can always come back and said, you know, said I thought MJF was right. But when I looked at my wife and her eyes and she told me blah, 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 that I can be kind of explained away. Um, but I think definitely, I think definitely that was the best kind of like emotional performance from Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson that I've seen um, as far as like promo goes. Um, and it was cool that they did it right after the match where he was still bloody and still hurt. But really good uh, explanation of why he tapped so quickly. So that's like showing that they put some thought into the finish and not only the finish, but how wide that finish is, um, why he did it that way. So let's put in some real forethought into it. So it is crazy to hear him say MJF was right. Ah. Um, but yeah, really, really good explanation of why he why he tapped the way he did. Yeah. And then um we don't know where his uh, allegiance go 
as far as the uh, the the BCC, the Blackpool Combat Club. But um, I don't know. But um, but speaking of the Blackpool Combat Club, we saw John Marcy and Claudio Casanovi go against uh, Alex Reyes and John Silver of the Dark Order. So um, in the final moments of the match, uh, Reyes maintained an onslaught until Silver made the hot tag with a fast offense on Moxley and then dropping with a German suplex. Silver blocked the kick and poured down elbow strikes until Moxley sank in the triangle choke with Silver countered into a crossface with knees. Silver and Reyes tried their wound combo, but Moxley cut it off with a real naked uh, choke on Reyes and then translated into the uh, dare choke to get him the, to, to submit. After the match, Moxley again sank in a rear near choke as Casanova backed off with referee Rick Knotts before gunching in, in Silver to the floor and, and a bulldog chuck on Reyes by Moxley, leading to Uber, U, U, Evo Uno to hit the ring. And then, um, but Casanova ordered uh, Yuta to get in the ring and stop him as he, he obeyed his orders. Hey, man, out of page, rushed into the ring to check on his friends, but it was tapped by Moxley, Casanova, and Yuta. Referees hit the ring to separate everyone. So we got a slow heel turn of the Blackpool Combat yeah. Club, which I, I don't yeah, mind. I, I, I would like to see a healed uh, uh, Blackpool Combat Club. But my question is, could this lead to the uh, to the men's Blood and Guts match? Could this lead? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely could. Dark Order versus B, uh, BCC. Um, um, I think so. First off, I love Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Um, I think that that combination they have together as a team, where Silver kicks them and John punches and then silver uh, and then and then they do the stunner and then go into the 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 German right into a roll-up I think that whole combination is great I love seeing it and I love the dark order uh, I don't know the direction of the dark order right now um but I hope they get some kind of direction and not just be like the funny guys all the time um you know I love their comedy but I don't want them to be the funny guys all the time because they they are an OG um, AEW group, and it'd be even cool if Evil Uno took things darker and said we need to be, get back to who we were, um, type of deal and become that dark kind of group. But also, you also have you know House of Black who kind of has that space right now as well. But um, this was really good to see this kind of hill turn. Casanova even, you know, pushing the ref out of the way while you know Mox was beating him up, and then. Having, it was weird when Hangman came in. It seemed like nobody wanted to touch him, but then he started touching people. It was kind of odd, like John. I thought John and Moxie was going to go right at it, but they didn't. So, um, but yeah, this could lead to more. I thought we were done with the Moxley and Hangman rivalry, but apparently not. They're going to use Dark Order and Hangman to shift Blackpool Combat Club to be in their more heel roles. Yeah, because... Um... That's why I I even said that on the on the preview show. And I do believe that uh that the BCC will be turning uh heel just uh yeah uh, just by off when you saw um when Oris Cassie was uh, was going for the for the hug or for for Wheeler Yuta, but Cardio says like uh uh-uh, uh get your butt over here boy get your butt over here boy. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to watch Yuta to see how he was going to react, and he was pretty much just taking orders. Yeah, so um, I'm interested to see uh where that's uh going to lead to, and um and speaking of that, um, we got uh matches announced for for Rampage, and which is uh Sammy Guevara versus Ashley Andretti. In case uh, y'all know, that came about uh, after uh, Revolution. Um, the Acclaim will be in action. Kote Takesha will take on Preston Vance. And then Rio versus Nyla Rose. And then next week's uh, Dynamite, we got Orange Cassidy versus Jeff Jarrett for the uh, AEW International Championship. MJF celebrated with his Rebar Bispa. And then the House of Black versus <laughs> the Elite. <laughs> 
versus the JSS for the AEW uh, uh, trios titles. I'm going to be a good rampage. Yeah, but we'll see, though. And then um, after that, uh, Renee Puckett was backstage with the acclaim, and Daddy Ass says, what's next for them? As Bowen said, <laughs> that the tag team titles are next, which brought out Matt Menard and Angelo Parker, says they love their rap music, and they said the acclaim are sports entertainers at heart and offer them a spot to join JSS. But the acclaim laugh in their faces, saying, they are more TV more than Menard and Parker and walk off. Shoot. That's how I feel about freaking Matt Menard and Parker. They can get off my TV screen as well. They can get off my TV. That was that was hilarious. You said, we're on TV more than you got it. Get away from us. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Get the heck off my TV. Get the hell off my TV. <laughs> but again, this is after Revolution, so some new matchups, some new matches that we haven't seen yet. So you never know. They might have good chemistry in the ring. Yeah. And then um, the main event, Powerhouse Hobbs challenging Warlow for the TNT Championship, which was now a Falls Count Anywhere, any those Anything Goes match. So um, the crowd seemed to, to, to enjoy this match uh, from start to finish. But um, yeah. it kind of felt like an odd choice and a letdown at times. But um, but we'll 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 explain why in um uh, in a second. But um, in the fight uh, in the final uh, uh moments of the match, um, struggling to get on his feet, uh, Warlow dragged Hobbs up to the ramp as Warlow won uh, a power bomb off the stage. But QT Marshall appeared and clocked Warlow with a chair repeatedly. Marshall was wearing a QT QTV shirt, and I really thought that oh wait, is this a is this like a new thing? Or maybe uh, stuff he'd be doing on dark or elevation. I don't know. But um, Marshall and Hawk powerbomb Warlow off the stage, which thankfully wasn't that brutal or scary when um when Warlow did it to uh to Anna J on on a rampage. But um, the referee pulled out the ten count as the the rules of the match was you can win by pinfall submission or cannot answer the referee's ten count. So um, Warlow couldn't get up. And then Hobbs wins the the wins the title, and then said and Ta- and Taz said QT Marshall had been on TV for months, and he said his word was his bond, and then Marshall celebrated with Hobbs to close the show. So, with that ending there, even though I thought it was stupid at first, yeah. but it is the long term uh storytelling. Storytelling. Yeah, in case y'all remember, Hobbs did help out uh QT Marshall. To help uh, win against uh, against, I think it was Ricky Starks, and then so this mm-hmm. was like uh, QT Marshall's um, uh, uh, get back for um, for her, Lenny Hobbs doing his thing. So he had to uh, pay uh, uh, Hobbs back, and then that's what led him to win the TT Championship. There, that I, I understand because that's storytelling there. But my oh. issue with the TT Championship where it has been going. So going back to the um to the new uh, uh, international championship and where, and how uh, Orange Cassidy has been de- defending the title. I feel that the AEW All-Atlantic Championship is the, uh, like you said, the, uh, the, the, main, the main card inter- intercontinental championship because what, ever since the, uh, the TNT championship was introduced, we thought it, that was going to be the intercontinental championship, but no, it, I, it, I felt that, has gone to to the AEW International Championship and what Orange Cassidy has been done because what the things that's been happening with the TNT Championship lately after the um the uh, Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara rivalry that thing it's been hot potato like crazy first it was Sammy then it was um I think it was Scorpio Sky then Sammy Guevara then Scorpio Scorpio Sky again then Warlow then Samoa Joe, then Darby Allen, then Samoa Joe again, then Warlow, and now Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, I understand uh, why Samoa Joe wanted off Darby Allen because uh, they wanted to try and continue the story with uh with Warlow. But if you're gonna make Warlow win the title, and then why make him lose? 
to power ourselves. Yeah, like I, I like we kind of understand where it's going on, but like with the title being high, high potato, that's like that title being that passed on like a five dollar hooker. Like that makes no sense at all. Like, uh, but but I got to give up to Hobbs. Like uh, we all know he's going to be a championship soon. I am proud for for power ourselves, but I just just hope he don't lose it. Um like anytime soon. I want him to have a, at least a, a decent reign with the title and try to make it uh, the TNT Championship more prestigious again. That's what I want for now. But um, but what are your thoughts on the TNT Championship being hot potato and your thoughts on Power Asobs, uh winning the, the TNT Championship and where did you see Warlow going from this again? Um, so, yeah, congratulations to Hobbs. Not going to take anything away from him. You're right. The TNT title does tend to be the one that's a hot potato. They tend not to do that with the other titles, which is good, you know, but um, this one is the one that seems to go back and forth. Also, the thing is, like, with the TNT title right, championship, right, if they're changing names, maybe we change that one to something else because... We are no longer on TNT. I mean, just for Rampage. Um, so do it needs do it needs to be the TNT championship uh any any longer. Um, but you know, is that is that championship that I think is for that B crowd or that B division, you know, somebody ahead of the B division, and then the international one is more for you know, these international shows that they're about to get ready to start doing, you know. So it, it, it's just, it's that thing, right, where it's like, uh, like he just won it Sunday, and now it's off of him already Wednesday. That seems a little quick. And now he gets to be a two-time TNT champion without it, you know. But maybe that's what this championship is designed for. So we can have those shocking title changes that we that they don't want to do with like the AEW championship, right? Because you do need that belt that might be the one that people get shocked when because like listen, like with every AEW match championship match, right, at a pay-per-view, we always kind of knew when it would drop or not right and like it usually happened when the fans were ready for that belt to be dropped to a new champion think about like with mox giving it to hangman um you know um hangman giving it over like it's always been like at that moment where we were ready for a new champion so that one can't flip-flop as much you know as soon as that one starts flip-flopping it really loses credibility the TNT championship, first off, is TNT is based on a TV network. So what, what happens to TV networks? You change channels. So I can see why this one is the one that flip-flops a lot between, but the other ones are building prestige. So this one is the one they can they can do on they can do a title change on TV. There has never been a, 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 so as far as my knowledge, an AEW title change on a regular TV, you know. Usually you had to pay to see that. This is a belt that they can have drop on regular TV more often. Yeah, but um, but uh, well, but do you think the uh, uh the uh, AEW International Championship has more prestige than the TNT title? It's starting to because that, but that's because of the champion. You know what I mean? That's because of the champion. Not saying Powerhouse Hobbs can't go do a TNT run that brings back prestige to it, or brings back like people should care about it. You know, I wasn't, I mean, and, not, and that's not saying Samoa Joe didn't do that, but I mean, Samoa Joe dropped it to Darby, Darby dropped it back to Samoa Joe. And if you look at the origins of this belt with Cody dropping it to Darby, and Darby dropping it to Cody and giving it to Brody and all the other stuff, that's kind of what this belt is designed to do, is designed to have this. I would say the TNT Championship is the Dynamite's Championship. 
you know, like first off, it's TNT, it's dynamite. So it's the show, it's the belt that's meant to be changed hands on free TV. And the AEW belt is the one meant to change hands on pay-per-views. Um, so this is the belt that that can be changed or dynamite. Now, I'm not saying I agree with the frequency of it, but that's always been the origin of the belt. Yeah, but um, with uh, power with powerhouse off being the champion, uh, we can now see Jungle Boy and even Ricky Starks going after the the title right now. Oh yeah, true, true. Jungle Boy's made it clear that he's looking for gold. So, I mean, would you say powerhouse? I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Now you're right because now that you know it's more of a heel type champion and powerhouse. A good baby face against powerhouse would be a Jungle Boy or Ricky Starks. So you're you're, you're absolutely right. It maybe open maybe opens it up because like who would Wardlow go against other than just like more powerhouse, Brian Cage or you know the the opponents for Wardlow is definitely different than the opponents for powerhouse. Yeah, because um. I don't know who's taking the uh, the time, the international championship of Orange Cassidy anytime soon, but um, uh, we'll see how, how that uh, how that goes, and uh, uh but yeah, but uh, it was definitely a shock. I could I tell you that much. I was not expecting for them to drop the belt so soon. Um, mm -hmm. so that was definitely a shocker to me. Like, and the involvement with QT, I'm a fan of QT. Um, I met him personally a couple of times, so. I'm I, I'm just a fan of. I went to his show here in Atlanta, the district. Um, so I like his work, and I think he's a great heel. He's he's hilarious. So I, I like watching the work. So I'm not too mad at him coming out out of nowhere. I've not seen him for months. Um, but I'm excited to see what they do with him. Hopefully, he has a bigger role. You know. Yeah, I understand why uh, uh, Small Joe had to drop the TNT championship because he was still the RH. Or television champion, and I'm pretty sure they have something planned for him for the uh for the Supercard of Honor pay per view as part of WrestleMania weekend. So I kind of understand uh, why he uh, he dropped the he dropped the TNT title there. But um right, uh but but yeah um once again congratulations to Powerhouse Haas becoming the new uh the TNT champion. And uh like I said, next week we'll be in uh in Winnipeg as uh we start the road to uh. To, to double or nothing and uh which is uh memorial day weekend but um we'll see if we'll get some announcements for for any uh special shows from now from now till then we'll see yeah we're excited to see it also they got the AEW all access coming out soon seeing behind the scenes of some of our favorite wrestlers um so i'm seeing you know i've seen I saw Kyle O'Reilly in the trailer. I'm like, oh, this, this is like from a couple of months ago, from a while back ago. So, um, yeah, we got to see what happens there. I think my question is, will this get a lot of tension like um, like Crossroads did? Well, I hope it's better than Crossroads. We'll see. But uh, but but that's our, our review today. Uh, let me know what was your thoughts on on, on Revolution and the fallout of, uh, of Revolution. And uh, let me know what your thoughts there. And don't forget to, uh, to, follow, uh, to follow us on our, se our separate uh, social medias. Um, and, 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 of course, we always be talking about uh, uh, MTD. We almost done soon. We, we post production. Just keep an update with us, and then we'll keep you guys updated on the, the what's, uh, what's happening. And then also, um, don't forget to, to follow uh, Respect the Combat Podcast uh, every week. And then also Technology News Talk uh, every week. So y'all can keep updated with everything, uh, what's going on. But um, uh, any final um, uh, thoughts you want to uh, plug in, uh, Liam? No, not at all, guys. Um, keep keep listening to the podcast. Keep commenting. Let us know what you think we should do. If there's any suggestions on how we can get better, let us know. Um, but yeah, looking forward or two um guys if i go to the show in may you know i'll post pictures i'll put stuff up and maybe make a even like a little vlog for the youtube channel 
um, so you guys can see our my experiences as I go through it. So hopefully we get a, get a chance to get that done. But rather than that, keep following the page, keep liking, keep supporting. Yep, I can't wait to to, to see those pictures. But um, other than that, here's Leland and I'm Trico, and we'll see y'all soon, y'all. Peace.